Welcome back to episode two of Double Dribble. Tony here. It's my partner, Coy. What's going on? Yeah, I hope you guys all had a great week. And we're going to start it right off with where we left off last episode with our trivia question. For those who tuned in last week, the question was, who is the only player in the modern era to make the all-star game every single season they played? Coy, now I know it took you a little bit to answer this question. What did you get as the answer, pal? Mr. Yao Ming. Yes, sir. Mr. Ming. Shout out Trev Niff for getting it on his fourth attempt, but he still got it. (laughs) Yeah, Yao Ming. All right. To start this week off, we're going to talk about a Boogie Cousins update. I know I said last week that the Rockets are looking good with Boogie there, but, you know, things change every week. So we'll start out with the Boogie update, also a Porzingis update. We're going to go through all of our awards predictions for the end of the year. A little too soon prediction. We're going to talk about the All-Star game. Who's starting, who are the reserves, and who was snubbed. And then, Koi, I got a little story for you at the end about Mr. Thon Maker. And of course, we'll end it out with a nice trivia question. All right, Koi, take it away. What do you got to say about Boogie? DeMarcus Cousins had his contract guaranteed by the Houston Rockets. The next day, Shams Cardona tweeted out that he will be waived because he's unhappy with his role behind um, Christian Wood. Christian they, want to youth, they want to youth and up their uh, playtime a little bit. So DeMarcus Cousins is unhappy behind Christian Wood. He preferred to start on a contender. It was rumored that he would go to the Lakers. So the Lakers waived Quinn Cook shortly after Boogie was released. Um, I believe they just signed someone today, though. Yeah, they signed uh, another big man to attend. A, so I don't know. That's... I don't know, it's got me thinking if the Lakers are really going to go after Boogie. I also know the Boston Celtics need a firm big man. I think Boogie could fit there. They need some spark plug to turn their little losing streak around. They also need Marcus Smart back, but that's a whole other discussion. Absolutely. But yeah, um, Boogie's ring hunting. He's getting up there in age. He needs one if he wants to make a case for the Hall of Fame. So DeMarcus Cousins just cleared waivers uh, yesterday morning. So he's eligible to sign with any any team of his choosing. Have any teams you think he'll go to, or I just said Celtics, and I think it's either Celtics or Lakers, and I still think he has a little bit left in the tank to uh, help one of these playoff teams make a push to the finals. Okay, I don't think it's the Lakers. Um, I think they just cut their ties with him. He seems to want a bigger role. I could imagine him going to the Celtics, the um, maybe the Bucks, um, if Brooke Lopez were to be brought off the bench. Any any team that's in the playoff hunt, really, that could use big man depth. You could even say Toronto. A little sneak Absolutely. pick right there. Put uh, Aaron, Aaron Baines to the bench. I don't know. Boogie definitely has a lot of options, and there's going to be teams interested. He can still hoop. And he's most likely to get signed for a minimum deal when he goes. Oh, 100%. I mean, the dude's been signing minimum deals for a few years now. I mean, he's got to make money at some point, but where he's at right now, I'd take the minimum again just to... You know, show the league he's not done yet. Um, I don't really have sympathy for him going minimum to minimum because he's turned down a two-year, $40 million deal from the Pelicans to sign Correct. a million-dollar deal with the Warriors in 2018. Right, yep. So it's kind of his fault he's not 
rolling in the money, but karma bit him also, in the I ass. think Davis would have stayed if DeMarcus stayed. What do you mean? In New Orleans, I think, as soon as DeMarcus left, AD requested that trade. All right, moving on to the Kristaps Porzingis update. Um, the Dallas Mavericks called the Golden State Warriors to see what kind of trade value Porzingis had. Porzingis, coming back from an ACL tear, is still averaging, I believe, almost 20 and 10. Probably at least a block. He'd be a really good fit for contenders. A really, really good fit for contenders, but he's on a max deal. Porzingis wants to go to a team where he doesn't have to play the five. He could stretch out the floor a little bit playing the four. I think Dallas would be better bringing in someone like DeMarcus Cousins to start at the five. So Porzingis can play the perimeter more. What do you think his uh, trade value would be, in your opinion? Let me ask you that. Um, right now, to the Warriors. Maybe Wiseman? No. Um, I think he's worth Wiseman, it, but I don't think the Warriors are willing to give up Wiseman right now. I think it would be Wiggins, Oubre, a first-round pick for, or maybe two seconds for Josh Richardson and Porzingis. The money works. The fits work. Draymond might play a little smaller. It depends on the situations. Or Wiseman would go to the bench and Porzingis would be center. Mm-hmm. Or Draymond could play center, too. I mean... I just don't see them putting Draymond at the center when you have a 7-3-4. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. But I see where you're coming from. Draymond would play in and Porzingis would play on the perimeter. It doesn't really matter. Another big what-if I kind of thought about that's just not going to happen with how the Wizards are playing right now. I mean, they've been winning this past week. Is uh, Bradley Beal for Porzingis? Um, I don't think they have. Porzingis' value isn't that high. Um, I would say it's more of a Davis, Bertans, and Roy. Rui? Hachi Omura? Yeah. Stop that. Porzingis is way better than Rui and fucking Bertans. Come on. Know, he's getting <laughs> slow, man. He's, <laughs> he doesn't seem to be fully recovered from. I think it was his ACL and meniscus. Obviously, if I was Dallas, I wouldn't move him. The one package I might consider is... Ubre and Wiggins, but that's still, I would still want a first coming in, especially if I have to move Josh Richardson. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't give up on Porzingis just yet. Luca loves to play with them too. I mean, they got chemistry and they've proven that. Like, just give them a year or two and they'll be right back in the mix. Yeah. 100%. Best European players in the league. All right, moving on. Predictions. What you got for me? Rookie of the year. Start it out. Rookie of the year? Uh, primarily because of his popularity, especially among Bleacher Report, ESPN, everybody in the league, it is LaMelo Ball. Not a bad take. Runner-up, I have Tyrese Halliburton on the Sacramento Kings. I'll spice it up a little bit. I'm going to swap him. I think Halliburton's going to win the Rookie of the Year, and I'll tell you why. The kid's averaging 12-5-3 with the eighth most usage percentage on the Kings at 16%. If he's putting up those numbers without the ball in his hand, imagine how much better he would be if he had the ball in his hand as a guard. I think the Kings realize that and that they're going to use him more in the second half, and I could see him averaging close to 18 a game and bumping up his assist levels too. Like, if that's not rookie of the year, I mean, I just don't think LaMelo could compete with that. Even though LaMelo has put up the better numbers so far. What was that? That's close to what LaMelo's averaging as a a starter. I don't know if it's the last nine or the last 19 games, but 
he's averaging, I believe, 19, 7, and 7 as a starter. I mean, I just think Tyrese has the most potential to be the better basketball player. His jump shot's a lot better than what Scouts predicted, too. And he's proven that. He's and then, yeah. Best defensive rookies. Right. And I got LaMelo as the runner up. I think there's no debate that it's between those two at the moment right now. All right, moving on. Most improved player for you. All right. Um, of the Toronto Raptors, I have Chris Boucher. Running up before that, I have Syracuse product, my boy Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I also. He's completely turned his career around. He was a role player in Denver, and he goes to Detroit, and all of a sudden he's putting up all-star numbers. How he didn't make the all-star game, I don't know. A lot of good comp in this league right now. But yeah, I had had Jeremy Grant as my number one most improved. He went from 12 to 23. He's doing everything right. He's just, I don't know, he's hooping. And then for my runner-up, I had Christian Wood. We talked about him last week. The dude turned his career around. Like, there's a reason Boogie's not staying there now, and Christian Wood is the reason. Defensive player of the year, who you got? Miles Turner, baby. If he stays averaging the blocking numbers that he's putting up right now, I think he's earned it. Numbers don't lie. And then a safe option as my runner-up is Rudy Gobert. He's still the best defensive center in the league, putting up his usual stats like he does every year, deservingly. Okay, so my problem with Miles Turner, and we talked about this pre-pod, Hassan Whiteside in 2016 averaged four blocks a game on the Heat. Yeah, I watched this man get blown by every single time someone went to the fucking basket. He cannot play defense, definitely not on the perimeter. He can barely play in the paint. Um, He is good at timing block shots, um, but his primary problem is that he goes for blocks, which will open up on the weak side. Uh, uh, slash a, a drive for an easy dunk, easy layup. Um, I just don't think that because you're getting an absurd number of blocks, that just doesn't, in my book, qualify you. Fair point. I mean, I've seen it firsthand, man. Whiteside's a fucking horrible defender. <laughs> All right, who you got? All right, I got um, the guy anchoring the defense, the best defense and the best uh, team in the league, best record, Rudy Gobert. And my runner-up, and you can definitely tell this now that he's been out for about a month with a calf strain, is Marcus Smart. That's the thing, though. He's been out. Can't play defense when you're He has been hair. out, which is why he won't win it. But <clears throat> when he's in, his plus-minus, his um, defensive opponent field goal percentage is just through the roof. It's it's in the 30s. It's He can switch one through four, one through three, one through four. He just really locks up out there. He anchors their defense from the perimeter. He's a great point defender. He's good at switching um, on the pick and rolls. He's just really, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He will make an all-defensive team, for sure. sure he sure knows how to flop. Sixth man uh, of the year. <laughs> Sixth man of the year. I think we both agreed on this one. Jordan Clarkson for the Utah absolutely. Jazz. Absolutely. Spark plug off the best team in the league right now. Dropped 40 a week ago, and he's having career numbers with 18, 4, and 2. Two assists, that is. Yep. Yeah, there's not uh, much to say. If you're putting up those numbers off the bench, you're you're a lock to be a contender for six, man. Those are prime Lou Will numbers off the bench. 100%. Taking and he's efficient, the- too. Absolutely. He's taking on the burden of their point, backup point guard and shooting guard. Uh, he's filling both those roles while 
playing with Donovan Mitchell and playing with Joe Ingles on the wing. They have another shooter too, right? Mike Conley. So he's doing a really good job playing next to Conley, who I'll get into him later because this whole all-star thing is just all politics, man. It's not all politics. It's a little politics. It's a lot of politics. These players, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Listen, listen, listen. Before we get this Tell shit, Mike Conley has never made an all-star team. He has never made an all-star team. He also, I don't think he has a technical foul yet in his career. That doesn't mean shit. Sick. <laughs> this guy's an all-star. He should have at least three. All right, pal. Who's, who's your runner-up? Chris Boucher. Dope. Mine's Terrence Ross. I mean, yeah. Terrence Ross, he's had an up-and-down career. He's putting up, what is he putting up, like 13? Yeah, Terrence Ross, he really took a turn with his career this year. I take that back. He's putting up 15, 3-2 off the bench for the uh, Orlando Magic. That's not bad. Not bad at all. You can't really ask for much more off the bench, like I said, with uh, Clarkson. Who's your coach of the year? Coach of the year, again, is the Western Conference All-Star coach, the coach of the best team in the league, the best record in the league. Quinn Snyder, um, he has the same team as last year, yet he has drastically improved it. Um, Same as my runner-up, which I'll get into in a minute. But Quinn Snyder's really figured out how to get guys buy into their role. Donovan Mitchell is more of a creator. Joe Ingles is really just doing a great job on both ends of the floor. Gobert is, I mean, he's averaging like 13 points, but he's still, he's a defensive anchor. He's a rebounder. He's um, he's really good. And Mike Conley's a great glue guy. Mike Conley should be an all-star. So my runner-up is Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns, starting with the bubble, the 8-0 bubble run in Orlando. That's full of team to buy in. Um, everybody knows their role. Um, and I'm actually going to talk about going into players' roles in a couple of minutes. You know, they they took Kelly Oubre and flipped him for Chris Paul. Um, the Chris Paul and Devin Booker backcourt is just tearing up the league right now. Last time I checked, they were 20-10, and 10, which would be first or second in the East, um, and they're, like, fourth in the West. So they're doing a really good job, man. And DeAndre Eaton is just killing it. Um, Frank Kaminsky. Who else they got? They got Malik Bridges. They're just doing a great job. They got. They don't have the best team. They have really good core pieces. The point God is definitely teaching Devin Booker, the first-time All-Star, how to. Oh, that was a huge pickup for them. That's the reason why they're, you know, making the extra push. Absolutely, but you got to think back to the eight and zero run and the yeah, you're video. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The videos of um. Williams really bringing the team together after they got eliminated from the play-ins, right? Yeah, right. they didn't quite make, make the, the play-ins. Play-ins. So even 8-0, and oh, they just didn't even make the play-in game. Yeah, and, they, fell, uh, they fell a little short, unfortunately. He, really, but... he has a unity throughout that organization. And I think yeah, he'll he's, be the he's definitely the perfect fit for that team, 100%. All right. Um, My pick, who's... I'm switching it up a little bit. Tommy T, New York Knicks. Took a quote-unquote shitty roster and made him into a playoff push-like contender. And I do think that they're going to finish off the season in the playoffs. as either the 7 or 8 seed. Now, I don't think they're going to go far, but, I mean, it's a start for the shitty New York Knicks organization they've had the past few years. Um, Yeah, he's really turned around the role of, like, Julius Randle. You know, Mitchell Robinson's been doing his thing the past few years. They need him to come back. But, yeah, he really turned around that roster and team and gave – 
you know, the, the city of New York a little bit of hope. And then my runner-up, I have Quinn with one end Snyder. We already <laughs> talked about him, and I don't think I really have to explain much. You pretty much summed it up pretty well. Good job. Okay, so going back to um, Tom Thibodeau, <clears throat> I don't think he's going to win because the Knicks are not going to be a top-five seed. You don't really see a coach of the year that's not at least top three. Um, I do yes. think he did an insane job turning that culture around, um, really focusing on the defense, um, getting RJ to buy in, getting Julius Randle into all-star form. Mitchell Robinson's doing great defensively in the interior. Um, I'm going to come back to the same exact thing I said last. Alfred Payton is hooping. Defensively, he's doing a good job. They brought D Rose back. Leon Rose is starting to build the team correctly, which is the first time in the Knicks have had a decent basketball team since 2012. If you think of it like this, though, before the season, everyone projected them to be at best like 13th seed, maybe in the East. And the fact that they're making a playoff contention, I mean, that makes you think that. Tommy T's doing something there. You also got to think about the Cavs, um, who started off as the number one seed in the East for the first, like, three weeks of the season, the first two weeks of the season, and they just lost nine straight. So do we really think, like, the Cavs are going to cap? Do we really think the Knicks are going to keep this up? That is what the future is about, and the future will tell us. Whatever I say right now, it doesn't matter. I don't whatever, think, Tommy T, whatever Tommy T says does. I don't think they make the playoffs. Who's your MVP? MVP? Yep. Joel Embiid. I mean, he's having a career year, and the 76ers are a serious threat in the East. Yeah, so right now, they're number one in the East. I don't think they're going to keep it up either. I think they'll fall maybe three or fourth seed. That goes back to the depth problem, too, in the East. They're banking heavy on their starting lineup. Yeah, as are the... I believe, like, the first six seeds are really right. starting lineup, while most of the depth is out west. If Simmons and, or Embiid gets hurt, they're fucked. Right, which we saw last year when the Sixers got swept in the playoffs when Simmons was out. Mm-hmm. So Joel Embiid's having a career year. It's insane, the numbers he's putting up. Um, and as of now, you know, maybe it's different because Brett Brown's not the coach anymore, but... Doc Rivers just, he's doing a good job. He's making it Tobias Harris, too. Um, You could argue with Snub from the All-Star game. I'm not going to go that far. I don't think he should have been an All-Star. You were just throwing out names. You got to think of it like this. Who would he replace? I don't think Tobias Harris would replace anyone selected into the All-Star game. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's an All-Star. Right, okay. I do not think he should be on the team. I think there's at least least four people um, ahead of him to replace injured people. My runner-up, kind of a shot in the dark. I don't think anybody's going to see this coming. It's Paul George on the Clippers. He's, again, having a great year, just like he did in OKC when he was top three in MVP voting. He's really the complete opposite of playoff P right now (laughs) i don't believe in the whole playoff p thing pg could hoop i didn't believe in it until he broke his tibia and his fibia but 
ever since then, man. He's just getting game winners after game winners hit on him. And even with that, man, he's playing a fucking fantastic defense, and they're still hitting that shit on him. I mean, he's always been a good defender. Like, that's never been a problem for him. He's just on the unlucky side. I mean, the guy shit, hits shit happens, the, man. the backboard, and LeBron did it like a week. I haven't seen shit about it. I just happen to like, be watching. It's not like he's pulling up every time and hitting the side of the backboard. Everyone's human. Yeah. Shit happens. You can't bank on one bad play and just call him playoff P. Right. Paul George Paul, is the runner up. Um, that's I think definitely it's a wild. That's yeah. a wild take. It's a huge dark horse. Say, yeah, considering you didn't say my number one MVP choice in Nikola Jokic. Jokic. I mean, if you're averaging 27, 10, and 8 as a big man, that's, I mean, pretty much unheard of. Like, when was the last big man to put up numbers like that? Pretty much never. Maybe Wilt. But, like, he's the best passing big man. He does everything you need for to win a basketball game, defense and offense. And he's got the numbers to show for it. And the Nuggets are going to make another playoff push this year. They're not going nowhere. Jamal Murray's doing his thing. Yeah. And then for my runner-up, I did have Joel Embiid. Like you said, he's having a career year, and Doc Rivers is really making the most of it. Okay, so the reason I didn't have Nikola Jokic um, further up, I had him like third or fourth. I had him top five for sure, but his team's just not nearly as good as it was last year. Um, they're still figuring out. Mike Malone's still figuring out. You expect that roster with Jamal, Gary Harris, Will Barron, Michael Porter Jr., um, Jokic to Paul Millsap to really be um, in better contention. But their slow start this year has really um, brought down the odds for him winning MVP, in my opinion. Not about how you start, it's how you finish. We'll see. As of this pod, he's top five. Talk about the All-Star game a little bit. you agree or disagree with the West starters? And Luka, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, and Kawhi. I agree. Um, yeah, you can't really argue with that. The one kind of argument you can make is Dame over Luka. But even though Luka's still putting up the superior numbers and he's hitting game winners like he's drinking his water. So moving on to the reserves, um, I think this is more of the topic of discussion for sure. Yeah. So first time All-Stars, we have Devin Booker and Zion Williamson. Zion is a a little controversial. You could say that. I definitely agree with that. So the other reserves we got is Chris Paul, his 11th time, Donovan Mitchell, his second time, Dame Lillard, his sixth time, Rudy Gobert, his second time, also semi-controversial, Paul George, his seventh time, Anthony Davis, his eighth time, and that is the next controversial thing in the Western Conference reserves. AD has missed a decent amount of time this year. I don't see why he should be the reserves. When he's on the floor, he puts up starter numbers every season. But, yeah, availability is the best asset to have. Right. And that's what they should look at a little more instead of being a little political when it comes to that. However, I do think they made the right choice of putting Booker in a slot. I think Booker should have made it over Anthony Davis coming from a Laker fan. Absolutely. And, no, I'm I'm happy for him. I really am. And uh, the only controversy other than this... Other than the uh, reserves that I have, is DeMar DeRozan should play for Zion. 
I was thinking the same exact thing. Um, yeah. And again, coming down to the health, I, you know, I want I want Mike Conley. I would have him over Gobert, even if Anthony Davis still makes it. So I would either take out Gobert or Zion and throw in Mike Conley, Shea Gilgris Alexander, or Christian Wood. And say, go, you got to have a backup center in there, though. Christian Wood. Having a great year, but Gobert is the better player right now. You can't disagree with that. He's a better all-around player, but if we're the All-Star game is all about stats. So if we're looking at stats, it's 100% Christian Wood. Guy's averaging like 24 and 12. Also, he's not, DeMar. He's not putting up as many points, but, you know, still doing his thing. Averaging 19.8. We'll give him the 20 points on that. And then 5 and 7. So the main problem. All star numbers. The main problem I have with the All Star game is that rosters is 12 players, opposed to a regular season roster, which is 15. Why they don't make the All Star team from 12 to 15 is beyond me. And in that case, DeMar, Conley, and Christian Wood would be All Stars. And there would be no controversy. Right, but with 15 guys, you don't get to experience, you know, as much playing time as those who really deserved it. On the brink players, I mean, yeah, you'd love to see them make it. You'd love to see them play. But the All-Star game is about giving those who, you know, are one level above the rest to shine a little bit. Yeah, but even if you think about it, like um... – Rudy Gobert, how many minutes do you think he's really going to play? I think it's going to be 10 or less. He's a boring player. I'm a fan. I'll admit it. He's just a typical big man, an old school guy. But yeah, I don't think he'll be in as much as, you know, Paul George, Dame, all these guys. It's a weekend for the fans. Weekend for yeah. mo- to make money for the NBA. Moving on to the East, we got our starters, Kyrie. It's his seventh time. Brad Beal, it's his third time. KD, 11th time. Giannis, it's his fifth time. And Joel Embiid, it's his fourth time. Do you agree with that? I couldn't agree more. So as our reserves, we're going to go through the first time All-Stars again. Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, and Zach Levine, our first time All-Stars this year. And then we got James Harden with his ninth All-Star game. Ben Simmons with his third. Jason Tatum with his second. And Nikola Vucevic with his second. Would yeah. you take those guys out? It's hard to take them out. I want to say Tatum. You would take Tatum out? Yeah, I mean, he even said it. Like, he's not playing to the same level. Like, he's not in the best physical shape after, you know, his COVID. He's got some underlying conditions. And he's put on some pounds. Yeah. I just, yeah. And the snub that I would replace for him would be Sabonis. He's the first player in NBA history to average 20. 10 and 5 and not make the all-star game and so bonus he's, did, he did he's just averaging, it today yeah but i'm saying he should have been voted in from the start and i'll, I'll juice up his numbers a little bit the real numbers he's 21 and a half 11 and 5.7 i mean those are all-star numbers i don't get why he didn't just get a spot on the reserves it makes no sense to me yeah, he's taking a lot of heat from the media too um saying that he doesn't deserve it i think he deserves it I think he's doing a really good job carrying Indiana, um, especially after Victor Oladipo left. Well, last year during Victor Oladipo's quad injury, and then during his recovery, 
And then he got traded to Houston, and Kara Silver came in, and they found cancer on his lung. And even he's still really caring, putting that franchise on his back. Oh, 100%. The one guy, eh, I guess I have two guys who I would say shouldn't be on this team for both entertainment and just stats reasons. Um, Nikola Vucevic is, I think he's doing really, really fucking good. He's he's putting up all-star numbers and everything. But he's his plus minus um, with him off the court is so much higher than it is with him on the court. Now, which is that, wild, that's right? Unbelievable. Now that got to make you think if that's because he's playing. You know, I think Aaron Gordon's playing. Uh, Mark Fultz isn't playing. Evan Fournier is a minus defender. I don't know if Mo Bamba's playing. It's just the plus minus, like you said, like personal numbers wise. I think he definitely deserved a spot with 24 and 11. And, yeah. I mean, who would you put in to replace him? I would. So, call me bias. I don't give a shit. I would put Bam Adebayo there. Get his second all-star in. Um, And the reason for that is Bam has put the heat, even though they were losing, Bam has put the heat on his back um, when Jimmy and Avery... And all these guys, Goron, could not play because of coronavirus. Um, and they only were playing with eight guys for a solid, like, two weeks. Bam carried that team every single night and every single game, even if they lost, it was close. And his plus minus is out fucking standing, especially when, especially when Jimmy and Bam are playing together, obviously. But when you throw Bam on the court versus off the court, next to a stretch big specifically when he plays next to a stretch big he's he's the best big man in the game so and we'll get to this in a couple episodes miami needs a stretch when we do our trades miami needs another big next to him um and he'll get the attention he just signed with the jordan brand today he's gonna get the attention when he has a stretch big next to him i'm just happy you said bam over jimmy for that last you know little take because if you said Jimmy, that's the same argument we had with Anthony Davis. And you would yeah, be very no, hypocritical. If I were to take out someone else, it would be Ben Simmons. Who would I replace Ben Simmons with? Jimmy. Jimmy had... Get the fuck out of here. Um, he had four triple doubles in five games. How are you just going to ignore that? Obviously, he didn't make it because of how much time he missed with coronavirus and how that impacted him so much. He lost uh, 12 pounds in five days or whatever it was. It hit him hard, and he still came back from that, and he had four triple-doubles in five games. They went on a four-game winning streak. They lost. Now they're they're on another four-game winning streak. As we're recording, they're playing right now. Uh, and you, can talk, we, you can talk about the Heat all day, but there's, I could. Two, words, the Jazz there's two words that you said. All right, relax. There's two words that you said that convinced onto why he's not an all-star, and that is came back. Enough said. You're not on the court. You're not going to make it yeah. unless it's political. And in that case, it was not, thankfully. All right. So the one other guy that we haven't talked about that was a complete snub, 100%, Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging almost 27, but he can't play defense. Neither can half the guys on this list. Trey Young literally can't play defense. Uh, neither can Bradley Beal. Neither can Bradley Beal. I was going to say, I know Bradley Beal can't play defense either. Moving on, you wanted to talk. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you guys about a little bit of conspiracy. We'll mix it up a little bit. 
We'll dig a little, uh, one of the most legendary high school mixtapes, quote unquote, or eighth grade mixtapes, in that of Thon Maker. So Thon Maker was drafted 10th by the Bucks in 2016 as a big man. He grew up in Australia, and many people have questioned how old Thon Maker really is. Have you ever heard about this story, Coy? Yes. You have? Okay, cool. Yes, after he was drafted. So many question if Thon was really 19 going into that 2016 draft class. And a lot of the teams wanted to avoid him just for that thought. So Thon grew up playing basketball in Australia. And there have been tweets and Reddit posts and all that questioning his age with photos of a yearbook of him graduating high school in 2010, where when he moved to Canada to play basketball, he was, I don't know, mysteriously in eighth grade when that first mixtape came out. So when that mixtape came out, everyone, you know, believed the media. He's 14 years old, doing crazy shit, dunking on everyone, when in reality, he could have very well been 18. And his coach, Edward Smith, who developed him in Canada, is known to be working with four, with other foreign players who uh, pretty much creates fake birth certificates in order to, uh, you know, switch up their age a little bit, bump up their draft stock. And during the 2016 draft, before it happened, Thon was interviewed based on his age and had a very sketchy interview, like stumbling words and pretty much denying all the all the media about his age conspiracy. And yeah, ever since that draft, he hasn't really developed. He has career numbers of about five points a game, 0.7 blocks and 2.8 rebounds, which is way below average of a big man, especially a lottery pick. And he hasn't developed since the start of his career. He's put up those numbers pretty consistently. So it makes you think, if he was 19, you would think a little bit of development would have happened, right? Yeah, you would think so. But if he is... I mean, how old would he be now? Like 30? He's past prime. No, he's 20. According to the media, he's 24 years old now, which means he would be 28 currently. So 28 in the middle of his prime and he's not developing. Or <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if there's an opportunity for him to develop or he's just really not that good. If you're 19 years old, you definitely you're going to get better. Yeah. You're going to get better, to be honest. I mean, right now he's putting up his worst season yet in Cleveland. I'm sure many of you guys didn't know he's even on Cleveland. He's putting up 3.8 points per game. With his frame and his ability to shoot, which isn't, I mean, he's not like a sharp shooting four, but he could put the three ball in sometimes. You know, you would think he would score more than four points a game for his career. Uh, it's just something to think about. Something interesting I found. So that's um, pretty similar with Bull Bull. They have similar frames. Um, and Bull Bull is averaging less than two points and less than a rebounded game. So it makes you think if the um, if the minutes is really just the problem or if it's something else like his age. Right, right, right. Or is there injury history there? I don't even know. He has been hurt, but nothing crazy serious from what I recall. And he has two younger brothers, too, who Matu... Mature maker and maker maker. Um, they haven't both, done shit. We haven't really heard from them. Yeah, both of whom I believe are still in high school, but they do look like they're going to be better than Thon Maker if they can ever make it to the league. Anyone, I could be better than Thon Maker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. 
prime prime SMS core could be though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's finish this up. Trivia question of the week. Boy, I don't think you'll know the answer to this one. So the question is, who is the oldest rookie in NBA history? I'll give you guys a little hint. It's kind of a meme player that played. If you guys are around the ages between 18 and older, you've definitely played this 2K, to say the least. You'll remember the name. Koi, you have anything else to add? Uh, yep, our next episode, as the Hall of Fame season comes up on us in a couple months, we're going to be discussing who active and retired players belong in the Hall of Fame. Um, I have a few people on mind already who were snubbed before I really dive into it. Um, some yeah, people wait, are, wait till next week, for sure. Yeah, some people are being blackballed from the Hall of Fame, um, or it seems. So it's definitely... Um, Again, it might be a controversial episode based off of different viewpoints and um, why players aren't getting into the hall. And then a couple weeks from now, we're actually going to start, and hopefully we can get someone else on the pod for this, get a little more opinions. Um, We're going to start with our trade season, and we're going to make predictions for every team. of what kind of role they're going to fill, what kind of trade we can expect to see, um, whether it's going to be a busy or slow trade deadline at the end of March. Sounds like a fun episode to me. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys next week. What's going on, everybody? This is Kyle Milligan, founder of CSMN. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Capital Sports MN and find all of our content on our website at CapitalSportsMN.com. Peace out, everyone. God bless.